What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of Talk Talk Punch. I am Brody, joined by Two Dong Dylan. Hey. And the Hawaiian heartthrob, Charlie. <laughs> We're still working on him. Still working on the nicknames. All right. <laughs> Little known fact: I, uh, I I did grow up in Hawaii, so I guess I guess there's at least it's at least fifty percent true there. So it's good. <laughs> Well, thank you so much for joining us. We here at Talk Talk Punch are just a group of guys having the same fun conversations that we've been having the, for the past 25 years, but now in video format for your enjoyment. But we are just fans, just like you guys. So please be kind in the comments. While we're here, ma uh, make sure you go ahead and hit that subscribe button and the thumbs up button, whether you're watching us on YouTube or listening in on the audio version of the podcast. That way, you can get notified every Wednesday when we put out a new episode to see what we're talking about. Kind of like this week's topic, we are going to highlight Mr. Bruce Willis, right? After the recent news of his retirement from acting due to a diagnosis with aphasia. So we want to kind of go through some of our favorite Bruce Willis movies, some things that really stand out to us. I know we all are big Bruce Willis fans. I talk about one of his movies in particular a lot. So I'm looking forward to talking That's to true. that one yet again. Nice. All right. Charlie? Uh, I, I, I will say that, uh, I mean, clearly Dylan is a huge Bruce fan. He has modeled his entire look after Bruce Willis. In fact, oh yeah, he, he was convinced in our pre-production that I actually had a picture of Dylan himself <laughs> Over my shoulder, he's like, "Why do you have a picture of me up there?" I'm like, "Man, that's Bruce. It's Bruce." But who can tell him apart? Spit an image. I can't. <laughs> I, would, hey, I don't remember ever wearing a jacket like that, or when. <laughs> but uh... hey, I, hey, I, if they they're looking to pass the mantle of the Die Hard franchise to someone, you you couldn't do you couldn't do better than this man right they here. They couldn't, if they were going to pass the mantle of Moonlighting and David Addison on to somebody, then I'll accept that. But I don't think Die Hard would be, I'd have to do Moonlighting first, I guess. You know? oh, <laughs> I'll you just read through his entire career. It'll be fine. It'll be... <laughs> Nobody well, will be that's, that's a good place for us to start. I, I, I don't know, Brody, I don't know how much Moonlighting you've ever seen in your lifetime. Uh, they've made the DVDs hard to acquire, but thankfully, yeah. I did acquire them uh, when they came out originally. Uh, that is a great, great show, and really, my, uh, that was my first introduction to Bruce Willis. Uh, mm -hmm. Dylan, was that your your kind of first uh, introduction as well? It was. It was. It was one of those movies that you grow up with. Well, at least you know, like I grew up with, um, and the family would get together to watch Moonlighting. There was, you know, sex and there was some violence, <laughs> and it was a murder mystery. But it was family show. So so funny and so well written, and Bruce Willis just. In, it just became David Addison just by going in there and it just about lost himself in the role. And Sybil Shepard, although whatever happened aside, like, I mean, she was such an excellent foil for him. Like, she just melded with him perfectly. And there was magic there. You hadn't seen a show like that before. And it became super famous. Like, you forget the impact it kind of had on television uh, not actually seeing it like at the time, but I mean, it really, it really kind of took off. I, I was such a sucker in my in my childhood for the romantically paired private detective genre of television yeah. that was was like thriving in the eighties. 
Uh, and I just, I love Moonlighting. Uh, and in interviews, I guess, uh, you know, Bruce Willis's personality at the time was very much like the David Addison character. And, you know, he was saying he got kicked, he would get kicked out of parties for just being too obnoxious. And uh, <laughs> and so you, you start to read some of the behind the scenes stuff about how much Sybil Shepard and him didn't get along. And you can kind of, you kind of understand a little bit, you know, maybe, <laughs> but, which is a shame because they had such good on-screen chemistry. Uh, in the first few seasons, especially, and then and then it just you can see it getting weird. And this was like like a weird like controversy at the time because people uh, it, this became like uh, like a real talking point. I remember in, um, when I was just like studying theater in college and talking to people about you know like the, the will they won't they concept. Sure. And this was always brought up as an example of a show that they, maybe they brought them together too soon and then it ruined the show having them together. But. I don't think that's what happened at all. It's just like they just hated each other, and so the <laughs> chemistry there was no. By the time they brought them together, there was like zero chemistry. They 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 put Sybil Shepherd's character like in a different state, so they like were having like phone calls together, and like they weren't even on screen together. It was like it was just like a, a really yeah. bad, uh, you know, the writing writing around people hating each other. I think is probably pretty tricky. But if you ever get a chance to watch some Moonlighting, I do recommend mm. it, especially the first few seasons. Uh, there's oh, a lot yeah. of really fun fun antics. And zany, wacky uh, characters and and cases that they work, and it's it's good. Bruce is good, man. Uh, he's really really funny and charming in this, uh, which kind of paved the way for his first movie role. Uh, Brody, I don't think you've seen this movie. I'm I guessing, haven't. but blind haven't. blind date. With, I saw uh, this. I saw this. I saw Kim Basinger and mm-hmm. is it Basinger or Basinger? Have we decided yet as a society? What about what Basinger? I thought it was, it's, not, it's not Basinger. <laughs> oh, all right. Well, I mean, I thought it was Basinger. Or bass singer, like she's a singer. Kim Kim Basinger. Or I thought bass. the bass singer was a reality TV show about fishermen trying out for American Idol, but no. the, the bass singer, no, okay, <laughs> or, or, or fish singing. I don't know. Anyway, hey, uh, don't forget John Larroquette. John Larroquette was in it as you well. You can't forget John Larroquette. Bad guy. He is excellent. I always love John Larroquette. He's really good in this. Uh, he's. I loved him in Night Court and uh, some other things. He's very he's, he's very good uh, underrated actor, but. Yes. This movie was was ridiculous. Um, really, it's was. actually this is actually streaming. I think you can watch this on Hulu right now. Uh, if you, you want to really? see like a re- a really young uh, Bruce, oh, Brody, you can't because you don't have a Hulu subscription because <laughs> uh, you're still living in like 2010. But uh, for the rest of you out there with your Hulu <laughs> subscriptions, uh, I believe this one is on there. Uh, unless I'm mixing up my streaming services, but, uh, uh. it's I think it's worth a watch. Just like I'm not. Hear me out. I'm not saying it's good. I'm not saying it's great. <laughs> I'm just saying that it has a young Bruce Willis in his first cinematic role, worth watching just for the nostalgia, just so you can see what it's like. Look at this picture. Poor Bruce. It's a comedy. He it's goes on comedy. one blind date and, and everything unravels. It's a comedy, folks. I promise. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I never saw this one. And maybe in November when my Disney Plus three-year deal is up and I finally get Hulu. If it's still streaming on Hulu, then I can watch it. Long gone by then. Ah, <laughs> man. That's right. If you, if you can only watch one, Bruce, this probably isn't the one to go with it. So. <laughs> Very good point. <laughs> All right. Come on. We got, we got to talk about, about the big franchise, uh, which, uh, you know, we... Sorry, I'm distracted. Is that a, is that a cattail on you, or do you have yes, like a weird tentacle arm? Cattail. It's my little cat. Oh, look at the kitty cat. Yeah. It, it looked like you had a tentacle arm. <laughs> well, that as well. So, and no comment, sir. I take the, I plead the fifth. I don't know what, I'm not sure what that is. 
Um, uh, hopefully this one that's making me think about the time you got scratched by one of your cats and started bleeding. No, I was podcast. bitten, dude. I was bitten by one of my cats. Not even scratched. That that's, was not that's, a, that's a great little short that we put up there. Yeah. That's, <laughs> that's really oh, hey, true. I'll say this. No matter how bad your cats hurt you, you're a man who dies hard. Much yeah. like our boy Bruce. Uh, and, and a really genre-changing action movie. Um, what, what, how, how old were you guys when you, when you saw the first Die Hard movie? What year did it come out? Eighty-eight. What are you talking about? I'm the, I'm the same age as you, man. We both were the same age when it came out. <laughs> okay. Well, but you could so have seen it you in see, different ages. Did you see it when it came out, or did you? I mean. Yeah. No, I did. You did, saw it in okay. theaters. Yeah. Didn't you guys see it in theaters? No. No. <laughs> I was like six. <laughs> we were like we were like ten. No. Dude, I saw true. Uh, what was that uh, Arnold Schwarzenegger movie in theaters? It was really violent. The Terminator. Total Recall. Terminator 2. I saw that. That was awesome. I saw Terminator 2. I, 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 saw, I snuck I, into some rated R's when I was younger, but no, I saw this on HBO. Like a lot of the, like blind, much like Blind Date, I, I was just kind of, you know, you just kind of like like those remote stoppers where you're just like, well, I'll just watch this because it's on. But I was like, oh, the guy from Moonlighting's in a movie. I'll watch this. Uh, and I watched Blind Date and then um, Die Hard had a little bit more publicity behind it. So when that debuted yeah. on HBO, it was a big deal. We got out... Okay, I'm sorry. I'm going to step into my, my old man time capsule here. But we grabbed the cassette tape and put it in, and we recorded it straight off HBO right onto the VHS. Uh, so we had, you know, we kind of gathered around the family. Yippee-ki-yay. Come out to the ghost. We'll have a few laughs. And for some reason, he's Christian Slater. Yeah, come on out. At my, on my wedding video, I quote this movie. Come out to the ghost. We'll get together. Have a few laughs. And I absolutely still love it. See, Why? I, was like, you had to say that on camera, didn't you? You just had to say it. And I was like, yeah, I guess I suppose I did. <laughs> I saw this when I was about nine years old. And I, I remember I was hanging out with a neighbor and they were like, oh, let's watch a movie. Let's watch Die Hard. And I had never seen it before. And so my because it was called Die Hard, I automatically thought it was going to be a horror movie. And I got really nervous. But, <laughs> but I was like, all right, we'll watch it. And then I ended up really liking it because it was an action movie. But that was kind of my first like exposure to Bruce Willis. Was, was my family was loved moonlighting? We were like, we're gonna watch this movie. My family yeah. didn't. <laughs> well, nobody's family's perfect, Brody. It's okay. Um, <laughs> so, this I, I I try to imagine this movie because originally they offered the role to Schwarzenegger and Stallone, and they both turned it down. And I try to sometimes just imagine what it would have been like. To have like Sylvester Stallone or Arnold Schwarzenegger crawling through air vents, uh, and, <laughs> and just with, without like that likable charisma of Bruce, uh, that kind of anti-hero everyman, like that that he was able to pull off. So like with that, just like his 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 sense of humor in that movie, I I just I think it would have been bad. I maybe it would have been okay, but it's I don't well, think it would have been nearly as iconic as it as I it think, ended up. I think what you're what you're also forgetting is is that unlike Stallone and Schwarzenegger. He wasn't presented as some unstoppable machine-like sure. hero. Yeah. He was very, very vulnerable, and like he starts getting choked up, and and not that Stallone didn't do that in Rambo, the first blood, but he is visibly hurt. And I mean, although he should have died many times over, he still wasn't some indestructible superhero. So a lot of people liked the fact, which they also didn't like how it transitioned away from that completely in the later sequels, where like at first he was all vulnerable, and now. He's indestructible, like Stallone or Schwarzenegger. Yeah, it yeah, was. I, it was interesting. Like, sorry, go ahead, go ahead, Brody. Oh, I was gonna say, I 
because I love the uh, movies that made us on Netflix, they have an episode on this. And so they talk about like how the studio execs were really nervous about having Bruce Willis because he wasn't, you know, this big buff Arnold or Stallone. He's, he's a smaller framed guy and he's really, he's like running away from the bad guys for a lot of the movie. And they were like, what is this? Like, why, how, how is this our hero? You know? And so it's, it's pretty interesting. It's pretty interesting. And they, they didn't know who he is to the point. The first posters that came out did not have his face. And even the second posters just had half of his face because they're like, mm. he is the clown in a freaking TV show. <laughs> and we're going to put him in the cover of a thing. No. And so they, that's how they first, it was like, not even, not even his face on there, just the Nakatomi tower. And then, the half of his face and then they don't even show nakatomi tower they just show bruce willis i think it's, I think it's worth mentioning just how especially if you're younger and you're you're growing up if you're growing up in this kind of era uh where television and movies are just like interchangeable sure. like like you can be like zendaya is like just one of the biggest stars in the world right now can be in the spider-man franchise or all these movie franchises and then do euphoria and it's all just great and yeah. everyone's just like great but like in the 80s and 90s, it was just like, oh, you're doing TV. It was like, oh, like you're a TV actor. It was like a like a real big insult. And so for someone, you know, like Bruce or or, or Clooney who made it out, uh, you know, Will Smith. I mean, like you can count on your on your hand, like just the number of actors who kind of made it made that jump from being a TV personality or TV actor uh, to being like a, a legit movie star. And it was a big deal. It was like a big deal, like when Glenn Close. Uh, did damages or came back to television like yeah. you know there was you know Alec ba even in, in when Alec Baldwin did 30 Rock it was like Alec Baldwin's doing TV back back in the 2000s you know it was still kind of like whoa uh, but you know nowadays it's you know you know it's not hey it's not TV it's HBO so you know everyone uh, everyone wants <laughs> a lot to be of, on both a lot of TV people money. Good. if you were on TV that meant that you're not a movie star and they were reluctant to cast you to the point where uh, an old school version of this is uh, the guy George Reeds, who played the original like Superman, like the fifties. He was almost given a role in uh, From Here to Eternity, and they said we're not going to give it to him because that's Superman right there. Which is, I mean, he's a TV actor. We're not going to do that. And vice versa, if an actor went from being in a lot of prominent movies and then they went to TV, that was looked down upon it's like their career's over now. If you if you want to think of it as an example, think of think of today. If you see like if Tom Cruise all of a sudden was on your TV going, I love driving a Nissan. Yeah, <laughs> Nissan yeah. is a fantastic car, <laughs> and I'm driving one now. Uh, Mission Possible. When you're at the Nissan dealership, <laughs> and you'd be like, Whoa, but Tommy must be on some hard times, you know, get, trying but to get when, that uh, that commercial money. <laughs> they they that's that's changing too. You got that Matthew McConaughey, and he did that ridiculous. I don't even know what it was for, but he was. Spouting off his poetry, man, and Nobody all that. Knew what it was thing. for? He was rambling, rambling. <laughs> I don't know what it was oh, for, but I either way, that. it wasn't the end of his. It, I don't know. Like it's also that's also kind of changing too. But sure, let me tell you. I think people, under, people that understand before. that people want to get their checks cashed. But but come on, I mean, you, you you see you see if you saw Tommy doing a Nissan commercial, you wouldn't be like, hmm, that's kind of true. Unless it was a really good one. If it was a really <laughs> good one, I'd be like. I forgive you. I love it. I love it. I, I'm uh, not saying I would right. I would look down on it, but anyway. But anyway, I'm just trying to draw a parallel between that and the and the television movie sure, at the sure, time. Sure. Now, I will say the first Bruce I saw in the theater was "Look Who's Talking," mm. which uh, he just did the voice of the baby. I should rewatch that now as a parent. I haven't. I don't know if I've seen that since uh, since the early time. '90s. 
I, I, it's got to be like just the parent. The parents not have to be terrible. Or am I thinking of Baby's Day Out? Does the baby run around? Is it just Kirstie? Is it Kirstie Alley? Kirstie Alley. Is that yeah. John Travolta? In that? John Travolta. Yeah. I showed this to the wife before we had conceived our child, and she loved <laughs> Kirstie Alley from from Cheers. That's all she knew. Her yeah, from, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like she, we watched that, and she was just like, "I love it. That's fantastic. Absolutely, <laughs> kid. Let's have a kid." And so, yeah, John Travolta and Kirstie. Kirstie Alley was so funny. She was so fun, like was back then. Yeah, she was really fun. She was she was excellent, and uh, Bruce Willis he, he was hilarious. He yeah. was going against the action hero type, and that was so. He went back <laughs> to his comedy, and every time seeing that, that was really great. But let me tell you, the wife loved it, and she di- it did not deter her from wanting to have kids. So they couldn't have been that bad, <laughs> as I try and remember it. <laughs> I remember. I remember sitting with. Sorry, oh, sorry. Go ahead, bro. Oh, I was gonna say. I, I know I liked that as a kid. But yeah, it would be interesting to watch now as an adult. Yeah, <laughs> how, how many things I just didn't get as a kid? <laughs> yeah, I, I'm sure it's I'm sure it would be pretty shocking. It was. I, I remember seeing that with my sister in the, in the theater, and there's a long opening credit sequence of like sperm swimming around, and and I'm kind of like, and I'm just kind of watching it. I'm not. I, I don't. I'm, I just. I'm, I'm not sure what's happening, and she kind of loudly is like, "That sperm." <laughs> <laughs> Like, uh, thanks. <laughs> uh, so uh, yeah, that, so that was interesting. I didn't care for the sequels, sure. and so we're we're gonna we're gonna yeah. skip them <laughs> and not talk did. about those. I don't think anybody did. All right, look, Dylan, you and I used to argue about about Hudson Hawk all the time back in the day, and I I hey, I am willing to give this another try. I I I know that it's it is on a streaming service. I'm gonna I'm gonna have to watch this again. But all right, you and Brody love Hudson Hawk, so Hudson convince Hawk me to great. give it another chance. Come on, talk me into it. I'll say this. Let me put it to you this way. First off, nowadays, I loved it as a kid because, once again, it was Bruce Willis, but this time it was a mixture of Die Hard and the little David Addison. Not quite or exactly, but it was there. You've got a singing, uh, <laughs> like, jewel thief or just thief in general. Yeah. you got that unbelievable like coat and hat and sunglasses, plus the Bruce Willis smirk. You had all of these things. They would sing him and Danny Aiello of all people, and all he wanted is a cappuccino throughout the entire thing. He just wanted his cappuccino. He kept breaking. He kept like, every single time he was trying to have it. They didn't have watches, so they would. See, he was the whole movie. If somebody said something that was turned into a song, he would come out with how long that the thing was. I don't know if it was accurate or not. I have never looked it up. I'm assuming it was because it's Hudson Hawk, but the world's greatest thief. And he does it all, and like all of these songs memorized. And he'll—they'll both sing as they're going to, to uh, uh, as they're going on their, you know, rampage of, of theft. But I mean, the, like not only that, Danny Aiello is that ridiculousness. And Annie McDowell is hilarious as well. All of them are hilarious. Bro, back me up. Yeah, no, this one's great. This this is like a movie that we would have made twenty five years ago. And it's just, it's out there. It's silly. You've got Bruce, who's just, who's just funny, like the whole movie. I, I, I really like this one. I'm, I'm, I will give this another chance. Maybe, maybe I'll update you guys on a, on a later podcast date. I need to watch this again. It's been, it's been a long time. It's been a long time. If you're, if you're going to, I will. I, hey, folks, none of us ever recommend drinking and driving or any sort of, uh, Thing along those lines because teetotalers all over the place however sometimes altered states when it comes to movies are not bad and this is probably one of those with way 
what you're thinking. Watch it maybe when you're very tired and you fall asleep. Or, because that's the kind of altered states that we all have when we're watching movies. Hey, if like you're telling this. me this, this movie is better when you're tired and falling asleep, that is definitely <laughs> something I can do these days. Oh, I, can, I can pop on a movie and fall asleep with the best of them. Uh, <laughs> this was around the same time. I, now, this one I didn't care for as much when it, when it came out. I, like I said, I'll oh. give it another chance. But it was the same year as one that I did really like. Did you guys ever see The Last Boy Scout? Oh, yes. Yeah! Touch me again, I'll kill you. <laughs> this was like the sa- sassy Bruce, and uh, it was, I-, I thought, a very quotable film. This is a Shane Black vehicle. Uh, yeah. You know, he wrote a lot of, a lot of great uh, you know, action and comedies of the, of the day. Dave, oh, David Wayne's was great. Um, Ali Berry briefly in it. Uh, this is also streaming. You, uh, this is a, this is a, if you've never seen it, I think it's, I'm not saying it's, I don't know how well it's held up. I, I will say that I think anytime, um, some, some of the sports stuff, uh, as someone who loves sports, sometimes when they do sports in movies, uh, it drives me a little bit nuts. There's a volleyball scene in The Office that might be the worst sports <laughs> sequence ever filmed when Pam's supposed to be good at volleyball. That stuff kind of kind of bothers me. There's some football stuff in this that I, I kind of watch and I'm kind of cringing at, but that's okay. Like The movie's still great, and Bruce doesn't do any of that sports stuff, so you don't have to worry about it. Um, but, you know, you look confused, Dylan. Are you confused about sports? Do you... I don't understand when you say sports. What are you talking about? No, I'm just saying, like, what? Give me one example of the foot. Because, I mean, I don't know. I have no idea. I, I don't want to spoil anything, but, like, there's a certain sequence oh, where Damon Wayans when, when picks Wayne's up a football and, 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 and throws a football and uh, a, a very long distance. And there's some, uh, you know. <laughs> Anyway, Dude, I, um, I never really knew how long the distance was. I thought, well, it was very accurate. That's all I really yeah. thought. <laughs> anyway, it, it, we don't need to get uh, down that route. someday cool. we'll do a t- uh, we'll do a whole podcast dedicated to me complaining about two things. One, badly filmed sports sequences where like someone shoots a jump shot or hits a volleyball that clearly <laughs> is going very straight or very down, and then they cut to some sequence of the ball doing some random trajectory of going up or around in amazing fashion. And number two is when they're supposed to be playing guitar or something, and their finger they're using one finger and just kind of randomly moving it back and forth like <laughs> Zach Morris back in the day uh, when they had the Zach attack or whatever in the, the band. Because that, that, that stuff gets to me. But uh, anyway, it's a, it's a good movie worth watching. Yes. Um, but his 90s stuff, like, I, I, he, you know, he was in Pulp Fiction, which I, I think was, uh, you know, one, one of two movies that he was in in the 90s that uh, is just like, you know, it's maybe some of the most critically acclaimed films of his career. Fantastic yeah. career. But, um, you know, that movie really was a big deal when it came out. Uh, so I, I, I think we should probably at least spend some time talking about that. Dylan, I know you're a huge Pulp Fiction guy. So break it down for the people. Well, I like the fact that you see him in actually a couple of the sequences. I like this. This actually, even though it's not new by any stretch of the imagination, nor is like a lot of things that Quentin Tarantino like does. I mean, I'm not saying either he bites or he steals or whatever he does, but let me tell you, what he did with this one kind of changed things. A lot of people hadn't, they didn't, if they did see this, it wasn't really a big deal and it wasn't really like an event. For some reason, I don't know what it was, the cast, the writing, the directing, uh, and just like the story in general, it all, it all just struck that perfect chord and it was something new again. And, you know, Bruce Willis's thing. See, one of the things that I always kind of like is seeing a big epic actor like Bruce Willis. And he's able to be, still be in an ensemble piece. And that's exactly what this was. It was an ensemble piece. It's not, this is not Bruce Willis's, you know, Pulp Fiction. 
but I mean, he, I thought his acting was great. It's some of the best acting he had done. Like he had maybe, I don't want to say that he wasn't doing well with his acting, uh, but he, some of the people were saying that it's a bit too actiony or this or that. And he reminded people that he could still pull off the drama, pull off the comedy and still, you know, do his action. I, I thought, I thought he was phenomenal in it. And I, and I do, I think it's a really phenomenal movie. I think Bruce is a really underrated actor in general. And I just, yeah. I think that he has a lot of range that maybe he doesn't get a lot of credit for uh, yes. because people yeah. kind of associate him with like some of the action stuff. But uh, when he's, when he's acting, like really acting, like he, he's, he's terrific. And I, really and I I'm remiss. I, I, I didn't mention one of my favorite roles that he's ever done um, when he did uh, Death Becomes Her. And oh, he yeah. Played, oh yeah. And he was so good. And he was so good. You're talking about him, him as a good actor. I, I that you know he's acting alongside a really over the top Meryl Streep and Goldie Hawn and just but his straight man he was really good in that uh, and he, he kind of like weak. really glued that together weak. yeah he plays these super strong guys at least strong willed even if he's not uh, you know invincible and he played so weak that's how you know like like an actor like that can not take themselves too seriously or not yeah. only do certain roles if they make themselves look bad they they added fat to him. He had a fat-like suit. They wrinkled him up and made him look old. I didn't know it was him for the first... I was like, that's not him. He's going to be coming in sooner or later. That's Kent. That is him. That When he starts like freaking out, I was like, that is Bruce Willis. I thought he was an unbelievable. Very good call on that one, Charlie. Deep if you guys, If you guys can run it, if, you, if you're out there watching this and you've never seen that, try to find it somewhere. It, that is... Uh, that is worth a watch. Uh, Meryl Streep, I, you should watch her in anything that she does in general. And then you got Bruce. And even Gold, Goldie was great in this. It was just a really underrated movie. Um, and it, there, there, was, there was a few, you know, maybe theatrical busts in the 90s. And so I think heading into Pulp Fiction, uh, you know, we, you had Travolta and, and, and Bruce. Like there was, a, there was like a, a big career renaissance for a lot of the yeah. people that appeared in that. And I think that was like, it just kind of, it was just a nice little jolt to his career. Cause it, you know, he took off from there, did some nice, uh, some nice things, including 12 monkeys, uh, which speaking, oh. of, speaking of him being great, mm -hmm. there's this, there's a, that scene where he's listening to that music in the car and he's tearing up. I mean, like there's some really like, just like subtle things that he does in that movie that are so good. Yeah. Um, Terry I, Gilliam I, directed him and he's like, Hey, just, I mean, cause Bruce Willis, he, he was saying how interested he was, and Terry Gilliam was like, "If we, if you do this, there's a couple of things that you're not gonna do, and one of them was the Bruce Willis smirk." He's like, "This <laughs> isn't one of those. This is where you take it real seriously." And Bruce Willis was like, "I'm up for the challenge," and he he brought his A game and unbelievable, yeah. very unbelievable acting, very subtle, just like you said. He he was yeah. excellent. I think the first time I saw this was with you guys. I want to yeah, say it was sense. probably like. Oh, you know, one of the nights that we were all just hanging out at Charlie's house and somebody put it on, you know, VHS, maybe we rented it or, so, or it was on HBO or something like that. But this, this was one of those ones, you know, that it's, it was one of those movies where you're, you're watching it and as you're going through and then it, you kind of get to the end and you're like, Oh my goodness. And yeah. So this, this one, I really like, I really like Bob monkeys. It's, it's it's one that stands out for me as as one of my favorite roles. Now this got turned into a TV show, and I don't know if you guys really? watched the TV show at all. Yeah, I um, had no idea. But Amy and I, I at the start at the start of the pandemic, you know, we're looking for things to just kind of invest some time into because you know we're on lockdown, and so we're like, oh, we'll watch Twelve Monkeys, which is about a virus wiping out the earth, and so we got like a you know like maybe a season in, and we're like. 
maybe this isn't the right this isn't the right show for the right time. <laughs> but, uh, yeah. I, I, it, it's the movie was definitely better than the the show. But if you if you're a fan of the movie and you're interested in uh and seeing that, you can check out the show. It, it is streaming on I believe Hulu, Brody. <sighs> All right, Brody. I know. Look, you've been. Bi- you, you, I can see you over there. Oh, You're chomping at the bit. All he wants to do is talk about the Fifth Element. So oh, I, I suppose that we should just finally talk. Let's oh. skip over the Fifth Element. That was no. kind of a boring movie. Don't <laughs> like that. Come on, look at this. All right, pic- talk look about at this the Fifth picture. Element. Look at this picture that I picked out. So great. Picture. This movie is like one of my favorite movies ever. He was so good in this. He had like the action stuff. He had like the the dry kind of humor to him. He had this smirkiness to him. Oh man, this this movie. I talk about this movie a lot. I look for excuses to talk about this movie. It's so bad that Dylan left. He's like, I can't hear Brody talking about Fifth Element anymore. I'm out of here. I don't know where he went. But totally untrue. I totally hear you, and I agree. Actually, it's an odd, odd thing, but I do agree, sir. But this, we got, we got our sci-fi, we got our action. Like, you know, this one is is wonderful. This is a wonderful movie. I was looking it up. I was trying to like find where it was streaming because we were talking about trying to recommend stuff, and it is streaming on AMC Plus. Just in case you needed another streaming service, you can subscribe <laughs> to AMC Plus. As an don't add have on, you can you can add it on to your Amazon. It's fine. There you go. If you haven't seen Fifth Element, please, I'm begging you, please go watch <laughs> Fifth Element. I, I I gotta say, I I love the scene where he goes in for a kiss, even though the person is asleep, and out of nowhere, he's just like, "All right, okay, yeah, all right," and you see a a gun slowly move back on his temple, and he like just immediately is apologizing. I I love that part so much, folks. If you haven't watched that movie. What exactly, I mean, like, if you have watched the movie, what exactly is your favorite part? Because, I mean, is it a subtle part like that, or is it one of the bigger parts? But that's an excellent movie, and let's tell Brody exactly what our favorite parts are. Yeah. Yeah, Support Brody. This movie has set the record for most mentions in the Talk Talk Punch podcast history. Uh, So you know we love it. So uh, get yourself a chance to see it. Uh, let's be. Uh, let me. I'm gonna rattle off a few titles, and then we're gonna highlight another movie here. Okay. Uh, but he has some great ones. I know a lot of people really loved Armageddon, uh, and mm-hmm. uh, I never, I never saw it. But a lot of people really loved it. Uh, the whole nine yards was really funny. I thought yeah. he was really great in that. Um, I, I will say, I was telling the boys the story. The story of us I saw in the theaters with my at the time girlfriend, <laughs> and it was so depressing. I walked out of it, and I and I and I knew that not only is my my, my relationship with my girlfriend doomed to fail. But that I will never find love in this universe, and that marriage is futile. I was, I was like, I was depressed. I couldn't stop thinking about this movie for like months. It like wormed its way into my. So if you if you want to if you want to feel bad, make sure you watch the story of us with Michelle Pfeiffer. Uh, you know, but I I gotta rewatch that now now that I've you know I've I've <laughs> life's don't better do now. Don't do it, Charlie. Don't do it. <laughs> but the but the, the last one of the '90s that we really got to talk about is the big one, and that's of course the Sixth Sense. Which was mm. just a huge smash and just a big, big deal, um, and a, fa- a fantastic film. Um, started started uh, just you know this the M Night Shyamalan craze of him trying to recapture so much magic. Uh, you know, but, but we're not here to talk about um, the the twist man himself. But Bruce was really great in this, and this was a really, really good movie. Did you guys did you guys like this movie or did you love this movie? I loved it. I've got to say, I loved this movie. It it. Um... 
I loved how subtle that he was. He was in no way over the top. His his acting was excellent and subtle and and like underplayed just about and and warm and supportive and at the same time the movie itself i found to be very scary like demons don't really scare me you roll up your you know sleeve you punch it in the face just like the end of exorcist that's what he punches it right in the face but with a ghost you can't punch it in the face it's a ghost it's but i mean still really scary and i thought this is this is frightening here, like finding a, like that lady in the bathroom, or, no, I'm sorry, in the kitchen. No, no, I was like, and the kid runs, and oh, no, no. But I mean, I thought Bruce Willis's, his whole charisma, he turned everything down and made it just a subtle caring, like he wants mm-hmm. to care. And I yeah. thought, that's how you do something like that. That's how, like, it, every, it's like a lot of his stuff may be very similar, but when he goes different and versatile, it's really different and versatile and a lot of times successful, I think. Yeah, I I also loved this. I thought this this was great, and I think you you nailed you nailed it, Tudong, with with just him being subtle. Like he's he's quiet in this movie. Like he, mm-hmm. you know, he's very soft. You know, throughout throughout this whole movie, and yeah, this I I I agree. I I I really really like this one. Yeah, can I give you guys a little bit of trivia? Of uh, Bruce is actually Bruce Willis is actually left-handed. And he learned to write with his right hand so that he could write in this movie with his right hand so that there wouldn't be a visual reminder that he wasn't wearing a wedding ring. So I thought that was pretty cool that he actually trained himself to kind of write competently with his right hand. Interesting. That's him taking it seriously. And speaking of ghosts, he was offered the lead role in the movie Ghosts and turned it down because he thought, that'll never work. Playing a ghost? What are we talking about here? (laughs) So if you if you, you want to read some fun some fun quotes go go read Bruce uh, t- about why he turned down the role of of uh, the lead role in Ghost and then of course uh, how, how the irony of his career played out in this and stuff so it was really great. Would you would um, you say like, that this is his biggest role? I I I think that like when all is said and done I think that John McClane Die Hard franchise is what he's going to like his legacy is going to be that Die Hard I think the fact that people have kind of turned that into a Christmas, a seasonal movie, uh, yeah, it has this legs that that have, <laughs> it has legs. Uh, you know, pe- people. Uh, I think I think that he'll be remembered for that role. I think this might be his highest quality film that he's been in. Um, you know, you could argue Pulp Fiction. You could argue like Die Hard is obviously a very high quality, but just sub like the substance of this, I think, is maybe like critical I- acclaim. I don't know. I think I mean, this might be. I, I just, it, it, it's not a big movie. It's a small Pulp Fiction, big movie. Die Hard, really big movie. But this is like, it's a smaller movie. It's this, yeah. this was fun. also like a cultural like phenomenon, though. Like yeah, every, yeah, yeah. everybody when this movie came out was talking about the Sixth Sense. Yeah, yeah. it'll be inter- interesting to see how his legacy continues to unfold uh, in, in the decades to come. But. This is certainly one that I'm excited to show my kids someday. Um, you know, we'll probably get to Die Hard first, um, but this is this is a really good, a really this, good movie. This would be like is um, like it, it, when he's like this would definitely be one of the ones he's remembered for. But I, I just don't think it would be the biggest. But it's definitely some of his greatest acting by yeah. far, by far. Yeah, yeah, he's really just really fantastic and a really good movie. All right, well, that you know, as we kind of look look at the next phase of of his career, I think there's. You know, we get into the 2000s and we get some, you know, uh, some sequels coming in and some things that maybe uh, 
uh, are less exciting to talk about. But right at the beginning, like, because he did this with uh, with uh, M Night, and then I think I loved, I just loved Unbreakable, and that was the following year. So uh, th- I think those are my two favorite M Night Shyamalan movies, uh, and Unbreakable. Yeah. He was so good. He was so good. It got it was it, so it was good. always always good to get your best two out of the way right out of the gate. <laughs> but I mean, that'd be really hard to follow up for anybody. Um, but Unbreakable was really good. And this was 2000. So this was before, you know, we got a lot of the superhero stuff, uh, obviously. Yeah. Uh, you know, the, before it was really profitable in Hollywood. Uh, and so for them to be able to make this movie at that budget and to have it be this compelling and this interesting and this character be so like well-developed, I just thought was like, it was a really like a, a great achievement. Um, and this is definitely also one of my original. favorite Bruce roles. Was it's it? also it's also original. I mean, it's not based yeah. on an existing, uh, you know, an existing comic book. Yeah, I remember I went I went and I saw this movie in theaters, knowing nothing about it other than it was an M Night Shyamalan and Bruce Willis movie. I hadn't seen any trailers. I hadn't seen any TV spots. I went in completely blind and was like blown away by this. Yeah. Yeah. It was, uh, I think, a really like big like, genre, genre bend for me. Like, and, and just got me really excited for. <laughs> it's like I wanted sequels. <laughs> it just took a long time <laughs> to materialize. Uh, I was really, I just, I thought, okay, oh, there's got it. There's got to be more. Like, give me more. Like, that can't just be the end of the story. And then eventually we did get more, but it was. It was so much further down the road. It was a shame that uh, there was a few detours along the way. I I'll think, say uh, this. Maybe, I'll maybe say this. Been better. I thought that his little inclusion at the end of Split, I thought that that was really well done. I, I am not an apologist for Split. I thought James McAvoy was excellent. There were a lot of things that made no sense. And hey, that's what M. Night has kind of become. But I thought that thing at the very end when, you know, you see... I thought people were joking when they told me about this. I thought they I'm like, you're you're you've gotta be kidding. You don't you don't even re- realize what you're talking about. This isn't the thing for Unbreakable. Like, what are you talking about? And then you see that at like his cameo and it goes it's a diner and they're like talking about it and this reminds us of this guy, oh, what was his name? And very subtly just class. And he looks up, not all stupid and superhero, he just like, now I gotta deal with this. And it's so it's so cool, so cool. I don't want to mention or talk about class because, geez. But I'll tell you that at that part at the end, that got me excited again, and I was like, he's maybe M Night's coming back, and he wasn't. So. <laughs> I mean, I was rooting for it. I was rooting for it. I, I know there's, I know we're, I know we're kind of running a little bit long, so I, I, I don't want to spend too much time on on, on the rest of these, but. Um, I know that before you guys were both talking about how much you love Sin City and Bruce's role in that. So let's yeah. hit on that real quick. Um, that, another, was really, that, was a, that was a really big ensemble movie and really not, nothing like it at, uh, at the time when it, when it came out. That was a really interesting movie. Uh, what do you, give, me, give me some, give me, uh, Brody, give me some quick Sin City thoughts. Yeah, th- this one was really neat when it came out because there wasn't anything that was this like pulled out of the page of a comic book. Right, like they're taking Seriously. cells and and putting the fr- the cells, you know, on the screen and messing with the colors and messing with saturations and things like that. Um, and so this was really neat. And then and then to have Bruce Willis come in and kind of be like one of these big names to kind of come into like a comic book movie when yeah. comic book movies weren't really a thing. We had like 
some Blade, we had some X-Men, but, you know, this was like 2005, and so this was pre-MCU. Um, I think th- this would have been the same year that Batman Begins came out, um, but, like, you know, we were just kind of getting going with a lot of the comic book adaptations that we have so many of now so this was really neat to see and i i really liked him in this yeah i you know i've got to say charlie i actually saw this in theaters with you and we saw this and everybody in that theater thought it was great i gotta say i uh it was artistic like it was a piece of art and it not only that it not only did like you you said it had the contrast it had the looks right from the cells right from the actual comic books but uh the whole thing kind of they had they they one thing i always dislike whenever they have like a comic book thing is if when they have icon, an iconic story and you remember some of the things that they were thinking at the time because you could always tell they'll put things on what the characters are thinking and sometimes it's so iconic they had that and they embraced it with like with um what do they call that not narrate yeah narration they narrated their thoughts and i thought that was fan that's really a deep cut embrace of the comic book style because you yeah. even still you don't really see that and those were just, i'm glad he wasn't like talking out loud or nobody else in the you know the cast was was saying their thoughts all those they were just thinking them and they embraced it and i thought it was great yeah wonderful artistic this is this is another one where i wanted that sequel and it didn't come for way too long and then by the time the sequel came it was like eh. <laughs> they missed the wave they missed the wave yeah. they didn't ride the wave yeah Oh, that's true. That's very forgiving. But uh, so <laughs> very. <laughs> they missed well, the uh, wave. No, no. <laughs> the wave. There was a there was a wave, and they, they could have rode the wave. They didn't ride the wave. It's okay. Um, that's right. It happens. It happened with Incredibles too. I, you know, there's just there's oh. there's there's a wave. You, you missed the wave. It's okay. No, no, no. You don't miss the wave like due to timing. You miss the wave due to it's not a very well done movie. That's what that's part of it too. In this case, is. <laughs> it's not. Oh, so, oh, it was released too late. No, if they had taken the time on that script, like they did the one before that, or if all of it was based on an existing property, and they decided to be, you know, good with it, and they didn't do the the spirit, it might have just. <sighs> now, I will. I will say this. I point. think that you can you can excuse a movie that's not as great as a sequel if it comes out in quick succession. Can you imagine if Iron Man? had debuted and then Iron Man 2 came out like 11 years later or 9 years later but it was the exact same movie uh, as Iron Man 2 like the exa- you know and the the hate it would have gotten I mean people already kind of you know are a little bit you know Iron Man 2 not not exactly breaking a lot of new ground but because it came out and and got caught in the wave of the excitement of Marvel it's like it's, you can forgive Iron Man 2 for its flaws and it's like it is what it is it's great but if there had been that big it's gap in between, it would have been like Sin City Two. Come on, uh, I know Sin City Two is horrible. I don't know. Not I don't know what we're talking about. Right. Oh, on yeah, we go. On we go. Like on we go. Conversation for another episode. We're going on we long go. as it is. Yeah. So look, the last. I guess the last one we can highlight here, um, uh, and 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 maybe we don't even really need to talk about it much. Maybe this is a good place to wrap. Um, you know, there were some some other movies you know coming out. You know, he had Red and uh, you know Looper and some other things. Uh, you know, obviously the Die Hard sequels, but. You know, really, like the last decade or so has been a lot of just like kind of straight to streaming, you know, action movies, which maybe are great. I have not seen them. Uh, they do not score well on the Rotten Tomatoes or the IMDb, or they're not they're not favorited by critics. But you know, maybe they're worth a watch. And so, sure. if you if you have some experience out there, you've watched some of those, let us know below. Uh, look, we're here to celebrate the career and the legacy of Bruce Willis, who is a fantastic actor. 
uh, and uh, a, a role model to all men who are 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 domed. Uh, so you know we gotta you know we got the Bruce Willis cut here. You guys all look beautiful. Uh, I'm I'm heading there myself. Maybe maybe ten years I'll go full Bruce. We'll see. Um, but what what a fantastic actor. Maybe yeah. maybe you you if you're at home and you want to celebrate celebrate the life and career of Bruce, guys, give him something to watch. Give give him some streaming wrecks. Ah, oh, Fifth Element. I, I recommended it earlier. I still recommend it. And that's AMC, AMC Plus, Brody? Is that what that AMC is? AMC Plus. You can get it as an add-on. Or you know what? You can you can also rent it. Go rent it from Amazon. It's $3.99. Totally worth it. You're able to do it. that. Just buy it. Just buy the DVD. Yeah. If, you, if you still have something that plays DVDs. <laughs> or Blu-rays. Or Blu-rays. Or, you know, whatever. Blu-rays do play DVDs. Yeah. Fifth, All right, what do you got? What do you got, Dylan? Fifth Element. What do you got uh, for the people? Uh, I've got the uh, the original Blind Date on Hulu, and also uh, because it's just a, it's an unbelievable movie. If you're if you're interested in sci-fi, Twelve Monkeys, which is on Peacock. So those are two that are streaming right now. If you want to, you know, give them give them a watch. Some excellent acting, and the first time he was in a movie. There you go. If for, if for some reason you haven't seen the diehards, most of them, not all of them, but most of them are free with a, uh, on the Amazon Prime subscription service. Mm. I will also say, uh, underrated Bruce film, uh, Lucky Number Slevin, is on Amazon with commercials. So I don't know how many commercials mm -hmm. you have to watch to get through it, but a few commercials. It's good for the soul. You know, <laughs> builds patience, builds character. Uh, you know, so watch Lucky Number Slevin. And if you're in the mood for a family Bruce film, try out The Kid. I haven't watched this in a long time. It's on Disney uh, Plus, but I intend to watch this again because yeah. I used to really like this movie when it came out, uh, and so I'm going to watch that again. So watch it, rewatch it with me. The kid on Disney Plus, yes. featuring our boy Bruce here. Um, there you go. What an amazing career he's had, and I just mm -hmm. wish him uh, health and happiness uh, yes, and as as much as possible. And uh, you know, look forward to uh, watching some of these classic films again. Any got anything? Any last things you guys want to add? Hey, hopefully he can make a comeback. Hopefully he he can you know even if it's a cameo, loved it. You know, cinema is always great with some with a little bit of Willis. Yeah, and, and check out his band on YouTube. Uh, he's got a band and a singing career. You can uh, check out some of his music too. I know he's real proud of that. Uh, so depending on your your views of uh, uh, Bruce called? Willis, Bruce Willis. <laughs> it's really called Bruce Willis. Uh, <laughs> if you type in Bruce Willis music, his first album uh, in the 80s was just his name. But if you go on like Apple Music uh, and just type in Bruce uh, Willis or Spotify or wherever you stream your musical content, uh, you can find a whole slew of musical you know, options there. So you can check them out. Play some, play some rock harmonica and sings and sounds exactly like Bruce Willis, you know, when he's singing. So, uh, not, and I don't, I don't mean that in a bad way. He has a very recognizable voice is, is all I'm saying. That's so. true. That's true. All right. Well, we love you, Bruce. Uh, I know you're watching. I know he's been a big supporter of the podcast, so we really appreciate uh, all, all that he's done for us. And we're glad that we could kind of throw a little bit of, of love your way, Bruce. You deserve it. Uh, for all the all the smiles, laughs, and uh, edge of your seat moments you've given us over the years. So make sure you let us know below. Maybe we talked about some of your favorite Bruce films. Maybe we left some out. Let us know uh, if, if we didn't talk. Maybe you're a huge Looper fan. I know we kind of you know, skimmed over that. Maybe, let us know. Maybe you loved his uncredited role in Nancy Drew. I don't know. Talk to us in the comments about your love of Bruce. Let's all celebrate the life and career of a great actor together. Uh, make sure you click like and subscribe below the beard, and we'll see you next time. See you guys later.